As a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this podcast are our own. Do not represent any entity that we volunteer with or employed by. Hey everyone, welcome to Almost Diplomatic, a podcast where we discuss geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. I'm your host, Ryan Young. Joining me today is... Lex Cardone, uh, Eastern Europe and Russia analyst. Robert Thomas, Asia-Pacific specialist and uh, grieving Germany soccer fan. <laughs> yeah, sucks to suck. Yeah. And... And Pikria Saliashvili, uh, international affairs in Eastern Europe. And Pikria's a new one. Uh, Join us this evening because Kevin um, decided he to do some sort of school thing. We like or, her better. So it's yeah, thank you, yeah. Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's already kind of like I don't know that Kevin will be back. So if one did like him, I mean, you could just you could replay old episodes. He doesn't get he doesn't get great ratings. Yeah, it's <laughs> like forty listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just it hasn't worked out very well. <laughs> but anyway, in honor of the World Cup, we're we'll discussing Russian counterterrorism policy, mostly in the context of. How is it prepped for the, the Cup, and how different for the Olympics prior to it, and um, kind of the weird situation that they're in, and how they've kind of reacted to it, and uh, the deal with the Russian counterterrorism policy is very different than much of the world, and we're going to do that in a second, but first I need to grab our, our beers. I got something very special for everyone tonight. I'll take... Is it polonium? Where the hell is... Yeah, Ryan's getting his polonium out. Did he really hide it? Oh, yeah. oh that was a decoy in the fridge. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Smirnoff ice. Wow. Red, white, and berry. No, that's so motherland. poetic. That is so poetic. Honor of the motherland. I don't have to take a knee, do I? No. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Russia iced. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, buddy. Ah, this is yeah. It's uh, it's the flag. <laughs> In honor of the uh, the great oh, democracy. Oh, Russia. I'm gonna have a great time reviewing this one. <laughs> I can just feel it in my bones. It's not just a malt beverage. It's a premium malt beverage. Wow. I wonder what. Oh, certification you need to go through to call it premium versus... Well, speaking of certification, it says it has natural flavors and certified colors. Define natural flavors. What does natural flavor mean? Yeah, who knows? If you can right. naturally taste it. Right. Ma's <laughs> homegrown red dot. I hate you so much, Ryan. All right, well, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> It tastes like Mother a, Russia. A, a, no, it <laughs> tastes like sweet. a Jolly Rancher fucked a ring pop and distilled it into liquid. This is what this tastes like. I was just gonna say kind of a watered down popsicle. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It, it, like the red, white, and blue popsicles, which probably means that all of the flavor actually comes from the artificial colors in both of them. You don't need to think about that. I was That's... gonna say berry. It tastes like yeah. Berry. yeah. Well, it's it's. Red, white, and berry. Oh my god, what a classic line. Blue raspberries, cherry, and citrus. Mm. I, I'm detecting notes of berry. <laughs> or berry natural. Or, or berry, or, or berry substitute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when I was at Total Wine the other day, I was kind of walking around. I'm like, you know, maybe I can get like, you know, a French beer or a Belgian beer or something like that. Just kind of like, it's World Cup themed. 
you know, they didn't really have stuff for Russia there. I was, or I'd just be like, I'm gonna get another IPA because uh, they're the best kind of beer. And I came yeah, across, I came across this. I was like, this is perfect. And I was like, Kevin, I sent him a picture. Like, should I get this? He's like, yes, please do. <laughs> You're like Kevin would just guzzle this. And just like, yeah, like, oh, that's my shit. Yeah, it's basically a four logo. <laughs> yeah, that keeps happening every once in a while. I was like, Kevin, oh, you have a four logo. That's a thing. Yeah. Just- Casually appears in my liquor cabinet from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not bad tasting. It's just super. It's, just like, level, it's like super cheap, and it's like it's fine, and it's yeah. I feel like after and one, it's a lot. Like, it's yeah. like you 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 don't need anything else, and you're good. Yeah, for the pregame. I'll, I'll have diabetes. I'll be fine. Yes, diabetes. Uh, <laughs> but anywho. <laughs> More important Russian things than spirit of ice. Yeah, alcoholism and diabetes. Beyond that. <laughs> There's no such thing, though, Ryan. There's yeah. no such thing. Probably not. So, the reason we're kind of talking about uh, Russian counterterrorism policy, besides that it is the World Cup, it's like, oh, it's a good reason to talk about the World Cup, um, is that with the kind of measures they kind of take, in, because they were like, oh, they're going, Russia's super safe, there's no terrorism really ever anymore and they're like oh yeah we've done such a great job but then beginning like a couple months before the games we're like all right let's send all of our special forces and tanks to chechnya to uh go help (laughs) deal with that they did the same thing before the olympics and it basically wiped out the leadership of the caucasus emirate which was very dangerous until recently yeah what even well in sochi with the 2013 what even was even crazier where they're like so uh you want the free ticket to Syria? Yeah. <laughs> they gave people one-way tickets to Turkey so they could cross the border and die in Syria. Yeah, it's like I don't. Yeah, so that and that's like it's an insane. Strategy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like it, has that blown back at them yet? Like, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, not everybody dies when they go over there. Are they going to come home and start? I mean, at some point, I feel like. Yeah. Well, it, so it's I'm shocked it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, now it's, that ISIS is kind of on the ropes. Yeah, it's there's. About they estimate about four thousand guys went like, fr- from that that period. When there's guys probably who went before because they're the normal Chechens like well, Kadyrov or whatever is is not doing. Well, we're not really doing something. We might as well just go. You know where the Chechens go and kind of where the, where the jihad. Yeah. Um, but the four thousand went, and that's kind of nuts. To, like the let it, basically just like it's very much like oh, you go across the border. It reminds me kind of like. What Turkey was doing for the longest time of ISIL and basically just letting guys go across the border. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could just be like, just don't don't mess with us, and you guys can go back and forth and as long as you're killing. Except Kurt, they so. could they could like, I mean, yeah, that's what they're doing. But they could technically say, oh, we're just we can't you yeah. police the long border. But like the Russians were giving them plane tickets. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah it's, it's so crazy that they they did that. I mean, it's a, I wouldn't say it's a legitimate strategy, but it's like it worked. I mean, they're, they, the the Emirates isn't so far so far. Like, it's a novel variation on their usual approach of just overwhelming force for I mean, it's also a very, a very short-term solution, though, because when yeah. you're sending that many people overseas, some of them are going to come back. So maybe it's not, like, all of them, but they're going to come back more trained, better skilled. Yeah. yeah I, how much better sk- I mean, because the guys who went, they were the shock troops for ISIS. They were the, the Russians and the... The yeah, Chechens and the Georgians there, who, they were some of the better fighters. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. now you have a new generation who basically didn't cut their teeth fighting the Russians in the 90s. Yeah, so I think that there's definitely those guys that win, but I think there's definitely guys who didn't experience it. 
and they mm-hmm. went and they but the thing is like they came from like training camps in the, in the force of Chechnya to go right. fight in mm-hmm. Syria so like they went and fought they had com- but they didn't have combat experience right which they got a lot of them got killed you know fighting you know in if they were in Mosul or they're out in Raqqa that kind of stuff I mean more people got out of Raqqa because Mosul like they fought to the bloody end and that was fantastic for everyone else except them <laughs> except the people who live in Mosul yeah <laughs> yeah for Mosul and any of the, in the jihadists um, and but. I mean, the strategy itself, I think it's it's jacked up, but it's it's cunning in a really fucked up way. Because it's like, you're basically just letting his terror go to a different country and wreak havoc. I wouldn't say it's cunning, though. I, because I feel like it's a fairly neutral strategy where if you did that, you wouldn't have any blowback from your domestic audience. It would be relatively, okay, we're doing cheap. this too. Yeah. But like what they're doing is like they're putting off a problem. Because if that had happened in any other Western country, people would have been like, oh, where are we sending them? What if they come back? What are they going to do? But in Russia, they might think that, oh, we're just like eliminating the problem for now because we want safety now. Then we'll think about later whatever happens. Yeah, and nobody's really good. There's, the civil yeah. society isn't going to ask questions. Yeah, yeah. they I might know. not even know, though. I think... I think they're hoping that their border security would be good enough to, to let the guys sneak back in. Or that they can just do what they Russia did. Russia has a long border, though. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's a, <laughs> the longest in the world. <laughs> I know. But actually. It's, uh, it, for uh, my, my uh, great analytic intrigue, uh, it's big. <laughs> Russia big? Yeah. Russia. Very big. big. <laughs> I'm as big as this uh, Smirnoff Ice. Yeah, this is taking a long well, time to get through. Red, white, berry. The official beer of the 2018 the Russia World Cup. Or the official, like, Beverage? Like, Premium. <laughs> Beverage? Beverage? Like, okay. You actually the VIPs made me get this. check this. I'm like, did they actually sponsor this? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Rule of thumb is I am full of shit 100% of the time. But, anywho. Yeah, I, that, that is a good point that it is more cheap. But it's like, it's something that they did that, I mean... Put up a problem. It, they it, put up a problem. But it's how, mm-hmm. but it's like, it, 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 to a certain extent, it's fucked up. They definitely didn't lessen the problem because... Probably less of the problem is like not as many guys are going to come back. And they think they can just do what they did a couple of years ago again and just like wipe out everybody, you know, civilian casualties be damned. Yeah, I, I mean, Kadyrov, or uh, Kadyrov. how I saying his, his name right? Kadyrov, Kadyrov, yeah. Kadyrov, yeah. He's like, he's, I mean, he keeps a pretty good, like, you know, cry, you know iron fist on things and so because he wants to control stuff and not and get, keep getting that Russian state money. But. Yeah. His little same. fiefdom. Yeah, so he's kind of he's, he doesn't want to like ruin that, but at the same time, you know that's why even the last couple of years the Russian like they had not had any major attack, except for the St. Peter's bombing, but that was like that wasn't che- that wasn't a Chechen. Yeah, he's an interesting. Kid. He reminds me of like if Dan Blitzerian is that his name? If if he had his own country, like how he would handle things, <laughs> like just and was it a militia and a death yeah, squad? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and has a death squad and all that. Well, but you know. Maybe he would have one if he was maybe he was that rich, but um, maybe. But <laughs> well, he came out. What, what what did he say? He kind of trolled the State Department a little bit because we they yeah. issued a travel warning for the World Cup. Yeah, and he's went no, uh, we're the safest region in Russia or something like. Yeah. But okay, buddy. It's almost part of you know it was um, you know Spetsnaz and tanks running through the the, the hills and forests of Chechnya looking for yeah, like the camps. checkpoints every block like. Show your documents. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh. did you just look at me funny? <laughs> no, 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 it's not Soviet. We're a republic now, but like federation. Fe- oh, no, it's funny though. Sometimes you keep forgetting that it's part of Russia because 
act so independently. And Kadyrov basically thinks that he can do whatever, get away with it, and it's true. He can. He yeah. can. Yeah. Well, yeah. As, as long as, as he it's... doesn't let problems from Chechnya get exported into the rest of Russia yeah. too much. Well, it's it's the only. There's correct me if I'm wrong. It's the only region of Russia that has its own police force. And own like like the laws of the like, oh, the, police. like the, Russian, the Russian cops are pissed because they can't follow leads into Chechnya yeah. because yeah. they have complete yeah. um, there's a block institutionally between yeah. them and yeah so yeah it's just it's, 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 it's assuming that they're institutions though I mean there are, there are institutions <laughs> with air, air, quote, yeah. air quotes yes I mean not institutions is a broad term it makes no no value judgments. <laughs> It's just like it's like there's different warlords. Shitty institutions are still institutions. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, yeah, there's just, just you know they have warlords running around doing whatever whoever wants. As long as you pay you know your fealty to Kitayev, and then you're probably fine because he has the biggest militia, which is basically what it is. So that makes characters <laughs> in Chechnya a crazy thing. Yeah. But I mean, again, it's like so. Say half comes. Okay, let's do let's do we'll give we'll give a bit of a say half. Try to go back. Yeah. Okay. How, does that situation, besides that a lot of them are now combat, not combat ready, but combat effective because they've had that experience of fighting whoever they're fighting, you know, does that make them, does it really change the game too much or does it, could that be a different power struggle within Chechnya? I mean, who knows? Because also the weird thing we've seen, I'm not sure, I want, I should have followed up on this more, but remember Morawi City last year? Uh, in the Philippines, there was like a siege like, Fucking, they, they, the Philippine military found like a bunch of dead Arabs and dead Chechens. They're like, where the fuck do these guys come from? Yeah. <laughs> and, and mended down like southern Philippines. And it's like I'm not sure if they came straight from Chechnya or somewhere else, or maybe potentially from Syria because that's like that time period meets about when it's like everything's kind of going badly. Yeah. Well, yeah. when I when these guys were sent or given plane tickets by the Russian government, were their passports taken? Or like, I think what? they were given passports because they didn't have them. But they couldn't. They weren't allowed to have them before. because oh. because most of these criminal records. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so they were giving new passports. So if they like <laughs> say fly to Poland and then like get into Russia or something that way with a Russian passport, like I mean, you would think they'd be on a list. You somewhere. would think yeah. that they would be on a list, right? But institutions that's, again. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's you may have them, but that'd be great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, what's the time scale? When do we think if it's gonna blow back? How long is it going to terror? They're going to keep doing this like international world tour of terrorism, like you know, Motley Crue style. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is it going to be? They go everywhere. It's like the Caucasus. They they you know popped up in um in the not Crimea but in Eastern Ukraine. Like basically oh, yeah. pro pro Russian ones. Like basically a part of Kiev to help boost. They're like we're fighting for whoever. Blah blah. blah. They're there for a little bit. Those were Whatever guys. warlord hasn't been shot in a drive-by yet. <laughs> yeah, so that was that. But like, as far as like the, the, the militants, I mean, the Philippines, Syria, I saw we really seen them in Afghanistan, but it's been a while since seeing those guys. Right. So it's like, I mean, eventually they're going to want to go home because like, you know, Rus- Russian presence, I don't think is all that, because again, like you said, like the police force can't really go there. So it's like, I don't know yeah. how much they, they have to gain. They, what they, what they're going to attack yeah. somebody like, give Russia, give, I mean, it's like they're pretty much independent now. They're autonomous to a, to a fault to a most for the most part right so it's just like I don't know what they have to gain I mean as far as Chechen nationalism kind of stuff goes so what would be the most plausible return paths for these fighters to get back either into Russia generally or into Chechnya specifically like what what are the what are the routes 
the that, that they're most likely to actually be able to successfully get back through a canoe across the Black Sea. <laughs> I mean, people are getting across the Med that way. I'm yeah. not, not to be like that in the cold. Like, people are still making it, so yeah. yeah. I can, I mean, I I don't. Yeah, I can't think of. I mean, central probably Central Asia, right? I mean, that, very loose. That's a yeah. But that's I mean that's quite the trip. Yeah. Uh, depending on how. So is the I, Philippines, but they manage it. But I I suspect that the the Philippine government was not necessarily explicitly looking for. Chechen fighters trying to get into the country. That's a little outside their normal radar. Is that, is that on the radar of, like, with the Kazakhs and the Turkmen's and... I don't know. Might be more for them, given... Yeah. given Proximity, that they, but... Well, the, and just the fact that they have a much closer relationship with the government in Moscow. Right. Yeah. But there's also a massive amount of movement of people from the Central Asian Republics into Moscow and into, you know into Russia, so it, it wouldn't be <clears throat> unusual for people to be traveling to and from. It makes sense, though, because there is a lot of illegal immigration that goes to Russia from right. Central Asia, mm-hmm. so honestly, anything could get through with a little, you know, little bribe. Are we going to build a wall and make the Kazakhs pay for it? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, there, there are tons of money. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, actually, it's a, it's a... You don't want to cut off the spaceport and buy... That's cars. true, right? But I mean, It's like they're one bargain to get. <laughs> I mean, even like in Russia, you've seen militant stuff mostly come from non-Chechen and not more. Like the, the Chechen that are still like they're like the old guard almost because like we had the like the you know, the Saint Petersburg bombing last April, twenty sixteen. That they um, that guy was uh, from Kyrgyzstan. Uh-huh. He immigrated before and he you know set a bomb on a train and killed fifteen people. Yeah. So in in their second like, I assume the second largest city, Saint Petersburg. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That one of their nicer cities. Like so. I mean, who knows? I mean, they could. They could. They try, could try going back through Georgia. Honestly, I wouldn't. I don't, that's probably. It would take. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's Georgian. <laughs> <laughs> no, it certainly would be possible. You'd be there that, personally to kick the shit out of well, each no, other. Well, no, because like <laughs> fighters have gone from Pankisi Gorge to because mm-hmm. that's like the so yeah. So the I mean, part of yeah. So we do have security at borders, but I feel like any security that you have, it's not impregnable. So yeah, because like well, you guys remember. So Operation Dragon Freedom, as you know, is, is a giant overarching thing for like post two thousand one, like nine eleven and stuff. Like all right, so we're gonna do training assist. This is not Afghanistan, but like. Philippines, Horn Africa, Trans-Sahara, a bunch of places, including Penkisi Gorge, right. which eventually we had to cut off because Russia was getting pissed we were training Georgian Special Forces. Yeah. One, <laughs> so of, whom, they, one of whom ended up being, like, the ISIS field marshal. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens. So, that, I mean, that's also an option for getting back. But, I mean, they can also get support from people from the inside, or they can just keep traveling. But again, though, Pankis Court is, like, fairly small and on the northern side of it, so they would have to come from the south. But again, I feel like any border at some point... They'd have to fly into Tbilisi or something to get there, like... The Central Asian picture, in general, over the next decade or so, might get more interesting, I guess, uh, and complicated, certainly, 
because of multiple factors. One being just shifts happening across that region with infrastructure and logistical connections to Russia and China. Belt and Road. A lot of, yeah, well, a lot, of, a lot of which tied to, to China's Belt and Road Initiative. Watch your episode. You're still For more on that. <laughs> <laughs> Please find us. But then that's also tied to a whole nother can of worms, which is what's going on with the Chinese crackdown in Xinjiang right now, which is their predominantly Turkic Muslim region in the far northwest. And they're basically creating a 1984 level police surveillance state and herding people into, let's not sugarcoat it, concentration camps. Yeah. Like hundreds of thousands of people. So and the US that's, border. No. When people complain about a police state in America, <laughs> look at Xinjiang. And I mean, um, first of all, it's a horrific set of human rights abuses on its own. But it's also likely to be a self-fulfilling prophecy where the Chinese have been concerned about Islamic terrorism and separatism in that region. Well, guess what you're doing when you're pissing off the entire population through these kinds of abuses, creating a perfect breeding ground for radicalism that can spill back into other parts of China and Central Asia. Well, it's because there's already there's the uh, East Turkic Islamic Emirate or whatever that operates like So, like, um, I think it was sometime last year or maybe the year before, um, some guy attacked, associated with them, set up a bomb at one of the, the, the Chinese embassy. No, I don't think anyone was even... Uh, right. Maybe one of the guards was hurt. But I don't think... Actually, maybe a couple people were killed, but was all, none of them were Chinese yeah. uh, citizens. It was just, like, guards who worked there. Yeah, but is... I mean, are, they're going full-on in the 1984 police mode. Yeah. Can they get away with it? Like, can um, they, or can they at least keep a lid on this situation with those brutal methods? Um, it's like, is that what they're banking on? I, I, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's yeah. certainly what they're banking on. Um, whether that's plausible yeah. in the long is it? run, I, I mean, in some sense, I would say that I hope not because we don't want other people following yeah. that kind of a terrible precedent right but i also i mean i also seriously expect that that's going to be corrosive in the long term to oh yeah the stability of of that whole region similar to and that's <laughs> so connected to what goes on in central asia and russia and international terrorism so broadly do you think that could be a calling for people for groups Groups like the Chechens to mobilize there. I mean, because the thing is, they pop up wherever. Because like, I don't see them going back to Chechnya anytime soon. Because like, there's no reason. There's what do they do to fight for? The only way I can see them go back and argue is that they say they don't think Kadyrov is Islamic, is Muslim enough, or is Islamic enough, and they might try to take him. But they know that him. they know if they go back, they get wiped out. Like, yeah, so they might just like they might they they're they're the forever foreign fighter. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, I. I think if you if you had the right brew of conditions, and I'm not going to try and bet money either way on whether this will happen, if you had the right brew of conditions come together, then Xinjiang could end up being a perfect place to see an influx of, of foreign fighters into an insurgency environment. But it requires a lot of other variables to... To lock in. It's not something that's going to happen just 
out of the blue right now. You would have to have other things happen first. So when we talk about if they're going to go back and what would motivate them to go back, then we have to ask the question, why did they go there in the first place? And some of them might have gone there to fight, using the rhetoric that, oh, we're going to fight against Russia. So what we assume with other terrorists and what motivates them to fight might be different on what motivates the Chechens. So when we talk Mm -hmm. about where they're going to go after, like, okay, so what's their ideology? What are, who are they fighting against? And in some cases, it might just be Russia. So they might not go back to Chechnya because, mm-hmm. as you said, they know that you know situation there. And there, I mean, the thing is, like in, in Syria, there's absolutely no reports that Chechens ever engaged Russian troops at any place. Yeah. Right? Even, but like, they're it's still more like ideological. So it's like we're there to fight Russia. Yeah. Right? So yeah. like yeah. ideology is still there. Like oh, they're not actually fighting directly with Russia, and honestly, they're fighting but, so many different forces. Yeah. It's it's not really that clear cut to say that oh, we're fighting this force or that force. But a lot of them were there before the Russians were in Syria. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, so. they, 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 they also, they, oh, sorry. Go ahead. They, they also, they also, well, basically, they, like, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't see too many Russians running around in the Philippines except on vacation. So they, they were, they went there. They're in Afghanistan after the Russians had left. Well, so I mean, Syria wouldn't be so much as like directly fighting against Russia, but like, oh, Russia supports Russia all of a sudden. We're going to fight against right. them. So I think it's a possibility for some of them. So when we talk about like where they're going to go after, I mean, it's more like where are they right now? Yeah. Because, like, it's, like, it's... I don't know where the hell they're hanging out. It's not, it's not like they don't stick out, like, terribly, <laughs> like, in the deserts of Syria. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, like, the people that talk, like, oh, they're the 4,000 wins. It's, like, I doubt all of them are... A bunch killed. of white guys with red beards? Yeah, it's, like, it, it's... <laughs> they don't it's, stick out? Yeah, right? You know, it's, just, it's... So it's this thing of, like, in a, you know, in, for the most part, like, how he's been kicked out of uh, Iraq, so it's mostly just Syria, which is just, you know, that's just a giant cluster... Uh, clusterfuck. So, yeah. <laughs> so, circling back more to like Russian strategy for, um, you know, for the World Cup, like, they're, they're like, all right, cool. You know, they went and did some stuff to basically go like wipe out anybody who might be left. <laughs> like, oh shit, the, cape, the World Cup's coming. We gotta go take care of this, yeah. this terrorism thing. Like, we're tracking everyone forever, but I'll get into it. You know, they put enough measures into place and basically locked down certain cities and that kind of stuff, like setting up choke points. And like um, those type of things. I don't know what else. I don't know where I was going with that, honestly. But like, it just. It's not, I mean, it's. What we've seen. Stalin. But it was. I see what you did there. So I mean, it's and it's good they kind of put, we have and I mean knock on wood. For what this might be wood, I doubt this. Um, is uh, you know, there's still too much couple days left of the World Cup. We haven't seen anything, and hopefully we don't, because we've seen in the past, especially hostage, hostage situations in Russia, don't go well. Yeah. Based on school siege, uh, happened in, it was like, two, was it 2004? It was like... Something like that. Yeah. The theater was 02, or yeah. Uh, 03, yeah. maybe. 02. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, based on school massacre, it was like, it was like a couple hundred kids killed? Yeah. Yeah, so that for everyone who doesn't know, that is basically uh, Chechen terrorists took over a uh, school with parent, like basically parent day, about a thousand hostages or eight hundred. So it's yeah. like it's like number varies. Yeah, but it, there hasn't seemed to be much activity in the last six months or so. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, hopefully that continues. But yeah, they they've looked basically because even like, even like look at the 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 the, the, the theater thing, like that was a terrible cluster for just like. 
pumping gas into the uh, theater to knock yeah. out the terrorists. But even the main point that there was 40 to 50 guys who took the theater. Right. Like, there's so such an unlikely chance that could ever happen That's a now. big, yeah, that's a big, like, yeah. group of people. Now it's... I think the most thing I think we probably could see is just something like the St. Peter's bombing last, right. like, last year. Because, like, they basically, well, from what I understand, is for the most part, the Chechens who are still there are kind of just hanging out and, or, or who are still involved in it, who want to do that struggle, that shit against Russia. They're kind of like, they can't talk to each other. They have to really kind of be very, very cell-based, not, you know, big training camps out in the forest. Because <laughs> the tanks can find them. And, and I mean, that reflects broader trends in much of the world right now, where in a lot of places where you've got enough of a security crackdown or just improvement in law enforcement and surveillance to track bigger, more organized groups and plots, the default has become very small cells, sometimes one or two people, doing small-scale stuff at a wider range of, of possible targets where they're, ne- they're not going to do nearly as much damage, but that's a way to still get a dispersed set of attacks in which without, is, without getting spotted first. Which is exactly what ISIS is promoting, the sort yeah. of knife, truck attacks, yeah. like, you know, individuals going on rampages, that kind of thing, which is very tough to spot mm-hmm. beforehand. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like yeah, in France, the last like three years since the 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 uh, other climb. Yeah, it's, it's and in China with the knife attacks, and I don't know if that was recent or anything recent, but yeah, the kind of one man shows that you know security forces can't really deal with. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, like, well, luckily enough, I think the last two games are both in Moscow, so it's like it's one city to focus on, right? And have security mm-hmm. force, so it's just like. It's already Moscow anyway, so there's already a giant security yeah. presence. Any, anywho, so it's kind of like hopefully nothing will happen. If it is, it's going to be a small scale stuff. But stuff usually, I mean, the stabbing stuff usually gets stopped pretty well, especially just cops presence who are armed. Like most of the stuff yeah. I ever at work, anything happens, especially the stuff in France. Like it's like oh, you know, there's reports of gunfire. So like, I bet you money is them shooting some guy with a knife, and it usually is. Yeah. So I guess so. If any, I mean, it'll be low impact unless it's a bomb, which is. A different situation, yeah. but politically, the impact of these kind of things oh, are yeah. almost, almost nothing, right? I mean, a, a, a knife, a knife depends if you just got if you got like two three people. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about Russia, not like France oh. or something. Like, oh know. yeah, that's why they, they basically they don't really try hard to do CT apparently until like right before like the games, like like yeah. pretty like and then you know a couple months before the cups are like, oh yeah, we need to face still roll through Chechnya and Dagestan. And then look to uh, deal with that. So it's been kind of a odd thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, one thing that I found interesting is that I feel like from foreign visitors who have gone to Russia to watch the games, though there's sometimes been some mention of kind of generally, yeah, it seems like they're pretty uh, strong on security that has not been like the key takeaway that most of the people yeah. visiting have have come away with like whether it's journalists or just mm-hmm. spectators and guests who are tweeting about uh, their trip to go watch the world cup games yeah. their impressions have not been predominantly shaped by yeah. the security protocols yeah, it doesn't look or, like, or anything yeah. like that that's not been something that has been 
so visible and intrusive that everyone's talking about it. Yeah, it doesn't look like downtown Baghdad. There aren't soldiers on every street corner. A lot of it's, Mm -hmm. you know, plain clothes, you know, audio surveillance, visual surveillance, that kind of thing. Did you see the two guys jumping in the back of the, on top of the... Uh, uh, Russian police vehicle. What? No. Were they like <laughs> yeah. drunk soccer fans? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were jumping like, after I think they had won a game. They were like, celebrating you, yeah. and they jumped on it and uh, cops got out of the car. They both tried to run. They did not get far. Like It's like they had the like three foot long like police sticks and just yeah. beating the shit out of these guys. It's like police in Russia. And what's it, what's interesting to me is yeah, what's yeah. interesting to me is like there has been no hooligan activity to speak of. Yeah, and that's because the, the field bits that you see <laughs> lasted long. No, because they, they the the Russian state came out to all the big hooligan firms, being like, "Behave yourself." You know, this is, this is this is this is on our home soil. If you do what you did in France two years ago, we're gonna crack some skulls. And more 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 often than not, they listen to that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're like, like they might actually be serious and they are <laughs> they're dead serious yeah, yeah like, so, you, you're gonna have a bad time because yeah, that was the biggest um, I think that got the most ink leading up to the game oh, the Russian hooligans Russian hooligans are they gonna be fighting in the streets with the English fans <laughs> like <laughs> I mean it really was like, a lot of security briefings and stuff like people going to the cup it was just like alright you know well you know the chance of terrorism blah 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 da, 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 yeah. you know this is that hooligans that <laughs> watch was- out watch out for moms wearing the other opposing team's jersey yeah. Try not to chant racist, racist slogans in the stands. Yeah, Mexico. Like, <laughs> that was like their first game. I can't remember they were playing against. Um, might have. That wasn't. Ger- That's after they beat Germany. No. But uh, Russian, Russian fans are famous for that. Like, yeah, they have, yeah. They've been warned like several times by FIFA. Who does? I mean, the bar for being warned by FIFA is pretty low. Yeah. So, yeah, the actual yeah. You know, specter. Yeah. <laughs> in, in reality. Evil FIFA. That's why you know next games will be at a the next men's games will be in Qatar, which uh, those teams are built you know with the blood of slaves, yeah. essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. At least they have air conditioning in the stadiums, so they don't. Yeah. <laughs> or allegedly, I don't they, know. They, they, they said gonna, they would though, but they, they have to because like people are gonna die. Yeah, you physically. The <laughs> what was it like? Yeah, playing the World Cup in the desert is like playing the Super Bowl in a lake. Like it, it can't physically be done. Yeah, it should. It's just, it should have been done. But they're like, they're like, FIFA take all this money. And people's like, yes, please, yeah. please, thank you for the money. It's like I know we could give these other places that'd be great. That would work better for all the fans and yeah, you know our legitimacy. But we don't care. I wonder if also with hooligans in Russia, it's also assuming that most of them or all of them are separate from the state. But I feel like in Russia, well, it's the bl- lines are so blurred oh, yeah. that you wouldn't know the difference. It's the same with the mafia. Point. Yeah, yeah. It's so when they said that, they might have just been talking to their groups and said like, "Oh, by the way," yeah. or like talking yeah. to yeah. representatives man- like and middlemen and like whatever. Upper management is sending a memo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> they all got an yeah. office wide email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need you to not burn down the city. That'd be great. <laughs> That's why after uh, after Russia got beat by Croatia, I was like, "All right, so let's get ready to put out a brief saying that uh, Moscow's on fire." Yeah. <laughs> There's rioting. No, there wasn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, yeah. Anyway, it was, they they took it real well. <laughs> I took it on the chin. You know, we'll see what. Hopefully, you know, nothing happens the last couple of days, and also hopefully uh, we see France win. 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, though. <laughs> the underdog, Ryan. The underdog. <laughs> King's Landing's gonna fall. <laughs> I mean, I support the French team, but I'm rooting for the underdog. <laughs> but one one last kind of question about the, the official topic as opposed to yeah. the game, which we're all actually more invested in at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but for those of you who who are more focused specifically on Russia and Russian institutions, like, does hosting major international events like this change anything in, in the longer run about the situation on the ground with security there or how they do well, counterterrorism and law enforcement? Like, is this just kind of an interesting little blip on the road of status quo? Is what it was before or... Are there lessons learned or facts on the ground that change lessons because of this? Yeah, I can tell you it's certainly. I just not. I can't speak to Russia on that point, but for Croatia, I mean that they're. This is a political boon for them. Um, their president's approval ratings are jumping. Mm-hmm. Their you know, their football association is very much um, a product of, you know. Just pure corruption, nepotism, everything, yeah. and it's really and people say that in Europe, soccer players are basically soldiers by any other name. You know, yeah. they're they winning big tournaments like this defines national character yeah. in ways that are similar to wars or revolutions or things yeah. like that. So, yeah, it's I think it'll have a big impact in I Russia. Mean, it was great that England lost then. <laughs> but for Russia, well, <laughs> I mean, for Russia though, I don't think it's going to have a larger impact though. Like politically, I mean, that's one of the reasons that most of the heads of state didn't go to Russia because when you host such a prestigious event in a country that's really not like at odds, that's at odds with the Western country and democracy mm-hmm. institutions, well, yeah, you're not going to get you know. I feel like it's definitely a boost, boost politically in its short term. In the sense of like people are talking about it in a positive way, there are positive stories coming out of Russia, but I feel like in the long term it's not really going to change anything. Yeah, let's, yeah. Take, let's just ignore that whole like shooting journalists in the street thing and like yeah, Crimea. This, yeah, facts on the ground haven't changed, and like yeah. lessons learned on CT. I mean, no. <laughs> It yeah. would be... They're going to do what they've always done. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, this is like a fluke. They really prepare for this because they're like, this is a chance for us to present Russia in a positive way to the world. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's like a PR branding exercise. I just, I just remember when the bid, when Russia won the Sochi Olympics, just Putin's line in English, like, it was, he tried it so hard. Sochi is the best choice. Like, in, 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 in his entire long speech, he just ended it with that, like, <laughs> like, this is, we're, we're presenting ourselves to the world, we're, you know, yeah. we're, yeah, but. Don't worry, send all the terrorists to Syria. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, sports... <laughs> It has such a, it's the same thing in Europe and say yeah. that's happening in Russia because sports has a huge impact in Russia. But I feel like it's even more though because even during the Soviet Union, they had this thing where it's not only soccer though, like wrestling and everything right. else. Yeah, it became a part of uh, Olympic the long ide- jumping. Yeah, it became like an identity and like a national glory, kind of in a Our different vein. See, it's like a different. It's like even a different vein than in Europe though, in, because in Europe. It's not like a national glory, quote unquote, national glory type of thing. It's just like unites people. But in Russia, it's part of like a national identity. Yeah, way. which is why there's been yeah. So from Eastern Bloc countries, doping. It's it doesn't really yeah. matter how you win as long as you win. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's 
Which they were doing some different before. People didn't care, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as you grease the right palms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine that all of them do the Scrooge McDuck routine of literally swimming in their pools of money yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah, so much money. <laughs> I just, I, I, so I, many rubles. I, I'm going back to, I think they're actually just Spectre. Uh, and they send their, they basically run the world secretly yeah. through soccer. But anyway. Sorry, uh, I'm doing. Uh, Kevin's out here, so I'm doing a conspiracy theory for him. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Triangle between, between the three of you. It's a square. But I'm, that's, that's but I'm the pure warrior for truth and justice. And Christ. <laughs> I couldn't even finish that one. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like, oh yeah, pure. And you. Alex Jones. <laughs> the chemicals are turning the frogs gay! <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was almost too manic. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. I'll throw you. <laughs> Enjoy finishing your red, white, and berry. I'll just get the backwash. Mother Russia. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, got, I, got, I, got, I, got, I have a couple line here. There you go. <laughs>